All right, if you're ready, turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3. If you're not, just wait for the offering bucket to pass you by, and you can turn to 2 Corinthians 3 if you brought your Bible. If you didn't bring your Bible, you can look up on the screen. They'll have these scriptures up here on the screen. I'm sorry, not 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 3. So as, as we were driving to church tonight, uh, we prayed in the Spirit. Almost every time we come to church, we like to pray in tongues on the way to church. And things just really start floating up kind of last minute in me. And I, I said, Carla, let me, let me share something with you that's on my heart. And that's what I want to talk about because this has been on my heart for quite a while. But even driving to church right now, I, just, I feel like we need, to, we need to understand what I'm going to teach you about tonight because of the times we're living in. There are certain teachings that are going to come out in the end times that I call end time teachings. They may have been taught before, and they have, but the emphasis in the times we're living in is really strong in some of these areas. One of the things we need to talk about as a church is how to live in divine protection in these end time dangerous times. And so I want you to look here at 2 Timothy chapter 3. And I want you to notice verse 1. Now this is Paul the Apostle speaking by the Holy Spirit. And he says that know this also. So I guess we need to know this. That in the last days, talking about the times we're living in right now, perilous times will come. Now my word perilous has a T by it. And that means uh, the original could also be translated dangerous. Know this also that in the last days or the days we're living in right now, dangerous times shall come. How did Paul know that 2,000 years ago that it would be dangerous in the last days? Because the Holy Spirit who told him knows everything. The Spirit of God knows the beginning from the end. He knows what's going to happen a million years from now. He knows what happened a million years ago. He knows what's going to happen tomorrow. And we're smart if we listen to him because he will forewarn us about things and we'll be forearmed for those things and we'll make it through. So, in the last days, we're told perilous or difficult or dangerous times are going to come. He lists a whole bunch of things. We can read it, but we'll come back to verse 1. It says, in the last days, part of this danger is men shall be lovers of their own selves. Well, we know this is the last days because of the invention of selfie sticks. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I've used them. All right, I've used them. But... How many of you know that there could be some kind of underlying sign of the times just in that one thing right there? It says right here, in the last days, there's going to be an increase of men loving themselves. And he's not talking about in the healthy, good way, you know, love your neighbor as yourself. He's talking about going too far and being more caught up with you than the hurting world around you and the things of God. And, and you're only thinking about your life and your dreams instead of what heaven has for you. So he says, this is a sign of the end times. Men and women will be lovers of their own selves. Covetous, covetousness would rise in the last days. Boasters, people would just be boasting and they'd be proud. Blasphemers would increase in the end times. In the end times, we'll see an increase of children being disobedient to parents, not caring about honor, not caring about respect. Right? not wanting to have anything to do with obedience. And it's sad because the system, at least in our country today, almost promotes these things. Don't ever spank your child. You know, just let them do what they want and work out their own way. 
Well, the Bible says if you never spank your child, you hate your child. I know, I know the, old, the, 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 the tale is that if you spare the rod, you spoil your child. No, Scripture is stronger than that. True Scripture is you spare the rod, you hate your child. Now, I know a lot of people have gotten into child abuse and some people needed to be apprehended and things needed to be calmed down, but it still doesn't do away at the fact that he that spares the rod hates his child. You can spank a child in love not because they tick you off, because you care about their future. Yeah, you could spank your child because they tick you off, and then you're going to have to repent to the Lord because you did it with a wrong motive. But if you spank your child because you care about them, and you love them, and you sit them down, and you show them scriptures and say, Honey, you know, this is just something you got to learn, and you do it in love, and you don't do it harder than you should, you're loving your child if you do it that way. And I think a lot of parents need classes these days in how to raise your children because if you really love your child, you do not let them do what they want all, all their life. You train them. You guide them. You tell them the right way. I know when we were raising our kids, we, didn't, we never asked them if they wanted to go to church. Now, praise God, we found the right church. And it had a great youth group, which was this church. <laughs> and... Thank God they wanted to go. But if there was ever, now there were times maybe they didn't want, we told them they needed, if you make your kids brush your teeth, why wouldn't you make them go get their spirits fed so they can overcome in the evil day? Learn about the things of God. How many, how many parents think it would be okay if your kids just said, I don't feel like going to school today. And tomorrow they said, I don't feel like going to school today either. Okay, honey, whatever you want. You know, I don't want to rock the boat. You know, social services. And <laughs> How many would you make your kids go to school? Anybody make your kids go to school? If they don't want to, what do you do? You say, get ready to go. We're going to school. And they, they, they throw a fit. What do you do? You send them to school. If they throw a fit so bad they can't get out of the car, what do you do? Drag them out of the car. And you spank them. Right. And you spank them. In love. Do you hear what I'm saying? Why? Because you love them. If they don't learn these lessons at home, the police will teach it to them later. I know personal experience. I grew up without a dad most of my life. He died when I was like eight and a half years old. And I didn't have the discipline in the home that a lot of people do when they have a father figure in the home. So we were allowed to do a bunch of things that maybe we weren't supposed to, shouldn't have done. And I didn't learn certain disciplines at home. You know, when, when the paddle should have been there, it wasn't there. And my mom did the best she knew how, but... When you don't have a dad, let's face it, there's a disadvantage there. And I didn't learn some disciplines. And guess what? That didn't mean I never had to learn them. I just learned them later when Detective Rushing came into Funland and brought handcuffs and handcuffed me for grand theft. I still got the... I would much rather have a little sting in the behind than handcuffs and go down to the Mesa County Jail. How many think a little sting in the behind that lasts 10 seconds would be better than being handcuffed later and thrown in a jail cell <laughs> where you have to go to the bathroom in front of everybody, basically. I mean, it's not fun. So you're still going to be disciplined one way or the other. So you really have to just choose your pain, discipline or regret. You know, discipline now with the paddle or regretting later that you did something that you got thrown in jail for. Well... These things that are, he's talking about here, the disobedient to parents, unthankful. There's a rise of that. Unholy. Next verse. In the last days, there'd be a rise of unnatural affection. 
What's unnatural affection? <laughs> what's natural? And what's unnatural? In the last days, it's prophesied that there'd be a rise of and an acceptance of unnatural affection, things that are against nature. And that's a whole teaching in itself. We better not go there right now. Truce breakers would increase in the last days. False accusers. We were talking just earlier today, and, and it's so interesting. A lot of the evil spirits that were operating in Israel 2,000 years ago and coming against Jesus, they're in America today, coming against God's anointed people. Same ones. I mean, I mean... <laughs> All right, it's Wednesday night, right? Okay, so I can say a few things I can't say on Sunday morning. But it's interesting, but you know, Jesus at times would heal people on the Sabbath day. You know, like a person with a deadly disease, a paralyzed person, a crippled person, a blind person, a maimed person. He would heal people on the Sabbath day. And, and you talk about darkness. <sighs> These Pharisees would criticize publicly and boldly they'd criticize Jesus for healing a blind man on Sabbath day. What's that called? That's called pretty steeped in darkness. Not knowing what you're saying. I mean, how foolish. And then Jesus had to say, you know, because they were persecuting him, saying, oh yeah, you just healed on the Sabbath day. The Bible, the Old Testament says you shall not work on the Sabbath day. Six days you shall work and seventh day you shall rest. Yeah, they knew the scriptures, but they didn't know God at all. They knew the letter of the word. They had no idea who the Holy Spirit was or who the Son of God was. They thought they did. And Jesus had to say, and it just totally embarrassed him, Jesus said, okay, you're persecuting me for healing a blind man on the Sabbath day, right? All right. How many of you guys get your donkey out of the ditch on the Sabbath day when it falls in the ditch? Every one of them did. They don't just leave the donkey there. And then he said, is, is not this person more valuable than a donkey? Yeah, and they were ashamed. See, when you're in darkness, you say stupid stuff. Yeah. You do. You know, personally, and, and you know, I'm just going to be totally even about this. Personally, if President Donald Trump came up with a cure for cancer tomorrow, he'd be slammed for it. <laughs> They'd find some strange reason to persecute him for finding a cure for cancer. What's that called? That's called messed up. Darkness. You know, when you're walking in darkness, you stumble against stuff that you don't see. It's like you do stupid stuff. Why? Because you can't see. Anyway, moving right along. Where are we at? All right, so we're talking about dis, uh, despisers of false accusers. In the last days would be a rise. Incontinent, uh, there'd be an increase of fierceness. We could call that terrorism in the last days. Despisers of those that are good. Traitors, heady, high-minded, and lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. And one translation says, denying the power to get these things right and to live a better life. Denying the power to be set free from something you thought was okay, but you know it's not okay. 
denying the power to live right. As a, and instead of believing that there's power to get free, this is just the way I was born. It's called denying the power to get delivered from something the Scripture says you shouldn't be involved with. There'll be people in the last days denying the power to be delivered and going down the route saying, well, this is just the way I am. You have to accept me the way I am. Hey, <laughs> we love you, but we don't have to accept everybody's ways. I mean, and then he goes on to say, um, actually, that's, that's how we want it. So go back to verse 1. So he says, in the last days, difficult, dangerous times will come. So what I wanted to share with you tonight, and maybe for a few weeks, is about how to live above the storm, how to live in divine protection. And so turn with me to Deuteronomy 28. And so we see here that difficult, dangerous times are coming in the last days, but is there a way to still be protected from a lot of these things that are hurting all kinds of people? Absolutely there is. And we're going to read Psalm 91 before we leave tonight, and you'll see some powerful things here, even more than I've ever seen before. I'm seeing more and more. So look here in Deuteronomy 28, in verse... Let's just read, let's break into verse 13. Deuteronomy 28, 13. And here the Lord's talking to the, the children of God about how to be blessed and how to stay away from the curse that's out there in the world. So Deuteronomy 28, look at verse 13. He says, The Lord will make you the head and not the tail. Everybody <laughs> say amen to that. And you shall be above only and not beneath. I like that, above only. Is there a way to stay up? Is there a way to be above only? you got to believe for it. You'll be above only and not beneath if you hearken unto the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you this day to observe and to do them. Um, a long time ago, when I first got saved, I bought, I think with, even within the first year, I started li listening to a teacher of the word uh, called Norval Hayes. And he made a statement one time, I just barely got saved and I'm learning about the word of faith and I'm learning about the things of God and thank God he directed me properly. Whew. And so I'm listening to this teacher named Norval Hayes and, he's, and I love him, he's, just, he's in heaven now, but he made this statement in his teachings. He said, I don't have any more sad days. I thought, huh? Because I've been battling depression. I've been battling anxiety. I've been battling fear and darkness. And I hear this guy go, I don't have any more sad days. And right when he said that, the Spirit of God in my heart, just like he talks to you, right in my heart, I heard these words. Listen, that's coming from heaven. And then I grew a little bit in the Lord, and I saw this scripture here, above only and not beneath. Above only. Not that we're never tempted. Not that a feeling may never come our way. But when you know how to walk with God and you know certain things in the Scriptures, you can get above it immediately. And, I, and the Lord told me, he says, if you want to have no more sad days, start saying it like he's saying it. And he said it boldly. He said it like this. I don't have any more sad days. You know, we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. Well, I started saying it. I don't have any more sad days. I refuse to have sad days. <laughs> How many of you don't want to have any more sad days? Lonely days, dark days, depressed. Start saying, I don't have any more sad days. How about we all just say it right now? I don't have 
any more sad days. Say it again. I don't have any more sad days. Is it possible? 100%. There's all kinds of scriptures that show you and prove this out, but the Bible says in Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10, don't be depressed, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. What do you do with a word like that? When somebody tells you, hey, don't be depressed, and you've had depression run in your family, you've been depressed all your life, you know, on medication. What do you do when somebody tells you don't be depressed? You know what most people do? I can't help it. It's run in my family. It's a biological disorder. You know, I had this happen to me, or I had that happen to me. Well, what if the Lord appeared to you and said, Honey, don't be depressed. What would you do? Now, a lot of people would doubt that the Lord understands their situation. Well, Lord, um, you know, I, I have a great reason to be depressed. And the Lord goes, uh, uh, newsflash, I know everything, okay? Right. <laughs> I know you more than you know you. I know your past, present, and future. I know how many hairs are on everybody's head in the whole world. I know when one falls off. I know when a bird falls from the sky. How many know if the Lord tells you not to do something, that very word right there is the enabling to not do it. When God tells you don't do something, that's more than just instruction. That's power to not do or do what he's telling you not to do or to do. His commands are enablings. If he tells you don't be depressed, don't argue with him. Just go, yes, sir, my Lord, captain of my salvation. You tell me not to be depressed, just say, yes, sir. Yes, my Lord. What are you doing? You're taking that word and using it. Instead of just hearing it, you're acting on it. And that's when miracles happen. That's when things change. I know the Lord had to tell me one time, he said, son, you need to stop being afraid of certain things. He said, and I said, Lord, I said, I'm trying. He says, no, I didn't ask you to try. You need to stop it. And I had to kind of shape up like a soldier. The Lord said, don't be afraid. And I said, okay, I'm going to act and talk like a person that's not afraid. He said, good. You may still feel a little bit afraid, but if you'll act and talk right, eventually you won't even feel fear anymore. You'll, you'll overcome it in those areas. And I did. I tell this to people a lot, but the way I got over fear, and I'm not talking about little fear, I'm talking about demonic fear. The way I got over fear is I decided one day to not disobey the Lord and not be afraid. I decided I'm not going to disobey the Lord anymore. He tells me to fear not, I'm going to fear not. And I started doing things that used to make me afraid. You know, I tell people at times, you know, if you're afraid of things that you shouldn't be afraid of, you know, when you have these phobias in your life, I would encourage people to face their fears. Do what you're afraid of. Well, Pastor, I'm just afraid of flying. Well, really, you're not afraid of flying. You're afraid of crashing. Flying is cool. Who would be afraid of flying? <laughs> but how many know if, if you're afraid of flying and you want to overcome that fear, buy a ticket. Go fly somewhere. Show fear who's boss. Because it's an abnormal fear. Well, Pastor, what if it crashes? If you're a child of God, and we're going to talk about some of this in the last few minutes here. If you're a child of God, and you're listening to God, He knows where the engine failures are before they happen. He knows where the storms are. He knows where all this stuff is. And if you're walking with God, He'll lead you not to get on a plane, and He won't do it through fear. 
Remember Joseph and Mary and Jesus? Remember that? They, they left because uh, Herod was coming to kill all the kids and they, flew, and they, they went to Egypt. How did he know to do that so Jesus wouldn't be killed? He had a dream. He had a dream in the night where the Lord said, Get out of here and go to Egypt because they're seeking for the young man, the young Jesus' life to destroy him. You just need to believe that if, this, if, something, if a plane was going to go down, the Lord would tell me. Right. And if he didn't tell me, I'm getting on the plane. I don't care if it's thunder and lightning everywhere. Come on. How many know we're not storm led? We're not blue sky led. We're not money led. We're not opportunity led. We're not fear led. We are spirit led. The Holy Spirit will lead us and guide us. I mean, there's been times we've flown in some interesting storms. I remember one time we were coming back. We were coming from Springfield, Missouri to Las Vegas, Nevada to, to then drive back here because we wanted, I think we were going to do some shopping or something in Vegas. And we flew in from Springfield to Las Vegas on Allegiant Airlines. And we got to the Vegas area, and there were so many planes waiting to land, we had to be in what is called a funnel. You know, where the airplanes go like this, and you just kind of land in order. They just keep circling and circling. There's so many planes backed up. And the whole time, the whole time, was thunder and lightning all around us. You could see it through the windows, and we're just... And, and, and what the, Lord, the Lord dealt with me. He said, son... Don't ever worry about things like that happening because if they do, there'll be grace there for you when it happens. Grace, right. power, ability to go, wow, this is okay. <laughs> one time we were coming from Phoenix to here with our family from Disneyland and we were in one of those props, you know, with propellers, not, not a jet, but a prop because they used to have those puddle jumpers here. And we came from Phoenix, Hunter, you probably remember this. We came back. We hit the worst turbulence you could ever imagine. I mean, this plane is going like this, and we're in the middle of a storm, and, and it's just bouncing all over the place. And I'm sitting there going, I should be more afraid than I am. <laughs> What's going on? Grace. Now, I could have freaked out, and I could have pushed Grace away, and I could have said, we're all going to die! <laughs> Duh. <laughs> Everybody's going to die, right? The big deal is, where are you going to go after you die? So, But I'm on this plane, and I'm thinking, why am I so at peace here? I'm just kind of going with the bounces, you know. Just It's all over the place. And I, I knew eventually we'd get lower because we were going in for a landing, and he had to go through the clouds to get to the, the clean air again. But I remember, and, but there's grace there. Some people are afraid they're not going to be able to handle it when that close loved one passes away. Right. You know what you're doing? You're projecting a future event and you're not factoring in the grace of God that will be there at that time. The grace of God will be there during all these times you think you can't handle. But if you're not on the road of a, believing in that grace and you don't take a sigh of relief, you'll go through some stuff you didn't have to go through. Torment. Our, our advice to people is, you know, I remember even, you know, taking the step of marriage. I mean, I, I, I don't know if it was cold feet or what, but things try to say, you know, I don't, because I mean, Carla comes into my life. She has Isaac already. I'm an instant dad, an instant husband. And it's like, and I'm, I'm all for it. But all of a sudden one day, it's like the enemy said, you're not going to be able to handle this. You're not going to be able to do this. You're not going to be able to handle this. And the Lord said, son, you're looking for grace to be married before you're married. Right. When you say I do, the grace will be there. Right. The power and ability will be there. You'll go, wow, this is easier than I thought. Why? Because it's grace. I remember I, I, I got a little cold feet, and, I, and I, 
I was praying one night and I was saying, Lord, oh, can I handle this? Can I be an instant dad? Can I be a good husband? I mean, I didn't even have a dad. I don't even know how to do these things. And, and I remembered I'd gotten her a Bible and I, and I got her name embossed on it that said Carla Capetto. And I thought, oh, I have to get married. Her name's already on the Bible. <laughs> Grace will be there when your kitty cat dies. Don't try to project the scenario. How am I going to do when my dog dies? How am I going to do when my, my, my parents pass away? How am I going to do? You're going to do great because his grace is sufficient for you. So don't worry about it and get all this unnecessary fear when you could just go, you know, when that time comes, everything's going to be all right. What if, I ever, what if I'm ever in a plane and we had a storm like Pastor talked about? What if I'm ever in a plane? Grace will be there. Don't worry about it. And he'll be bouncing all around going, huh, I thought I'd be a lot more afraid than this. Right. Why? Because grace is there. Well, I don't know why I said all that. Oh, well, we don't have any more down days. Why? Because the Lord said we'd be above only and not beneath. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. All right, so let me show you something before we go tonight. I want you to turn to Luke chapter 13. And um, I want to show you why God can't protect everyone. Do you ever have those questions like, why was so-and-so protected and so-and-so over here wasn't protected? And so-and-so over here that wasn't protected were good people. Anybody ever have these questions? Why, why would those good people not be protected? Well, the revelation is this. <laughs> Being good is not enough. Can you say that with me? Being good is not enough. It didn't, say, it didn't say in the evil day, take up the shield of goodness, wherefore you, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. It said, take up the shield of faith. Right. Being good is good. It's wonderful, but it can't take the place of faith. Did no. you ever notice that? He didn't say, take up the shield of goodness, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. He said, take up the shield of faith. There's one reason right there why bad things can happen to good people. Good people may not know how to believe God. Good people may not know how to, how to lift up the shield of faith and quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. It didn't say in Hosea 4.6, my people are destroyed for lack of goodness. It said my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. How many of you can be good, lack knowledge, and be destroyed? And you're a good person. You just didn't know some things. That's what Faith Heights Church is here for. I am done seeing people destroyed for lack of knowledge when they could have just known some things and believed and talked better and avoided some stuff. But here's the key. I'm going to leave this with you, and we'll read the scripture. Here's the key. Good people still need to learn to be led by the Spirit. Because a lot of good people have been in the wrong place at the wrong time. And they were destroyed. Lives were cut short. Things happened. And people are baffled and they wonder, why did that happen? Why did God allow that to happen? It's not about why did God allow that to happen. It's why couldn't God protect them? Why was God not able to protect them? Do you know there's some things in this earth that God has to let happen that are absolutely destructive? Because God gave this earth to man. God gave man free will. And if man wants to play with fire, he's going to get burned at times. And if we're around that fire, we're going to get burned at times. But you know what? 
You know what? If we'll learn to be led by the Spirit, He'd never lead you into a destructive situation. He's a life giver. He cares about it. God would never, the Holy Spirit would never lead us into an ac a car accident. These things happen because people aren't listening and haven't been developed. I should put it that way. A lot of people just haven't learned how to be led by the Spirit of God, and they're in wrong places at the wrong time, and all along, they, we could have learned how to be led by the Spirit and avoid those places. Two end-time teachings. Number one, how you can be led by the Spirit of God. If we ever needed to learn how to be led by the Spirit of God, it's today. And number two, believers' authority. Our authority in Christ over all demon forces and powers of darkness. Two end-time teachings. Kenneth Hagin wrote a book on each one of those subjects, and they're end-time books just for the days we're living in. So in closing, look at Luke chapter 13, and look here in verse 1. So there were present at that season some people, and they told Jesus of the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. So basically this is a terrorist. This is a terrible act here. Pilate, just for some reason, crazy reason, just had some of these Galileans killed with the sword while they were offering sacrifices. And just for no reason, just a demonic thing. It was a, it was a terrorist thing. It was a tragedy of the day, like a school shooting. All right? And so they have this tragedy back then. And so Jesus answering and said unto them, because they are all kind of going, wow, why, why were these gals? These guys are just trying to worship. You know, they're just trying to offer their animal sacrifices because in the Old Testament, you know, a lot of them did that. And, and they were slaughtered. And I'm sure everybody's going, why? Why? Just like 9-11, why? Why? Jesus said, suppose you, do you guys suppose that these Galileans who were slaughtered were sinners above all the Galileans because they suffered such things? So what's he saying here? Do you guys, so he knew their thoughts. So you guys think that these Galileans that were just killed in this crazy demonic act, you, you think they probably were sinners than somebody else is why this happened to them. And the Lord said, not at all. Not at all. Suppose you, they were, he says, no, not at all. Next one, next verse. He said, I tell you, no, they weren't worse sinners than everybody else. He said, but except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. What does that mean? But except you repent, I just thought you said they weren't worse sinners. They weren't. It's not the degree of an act of sin or small or great. It's, it's are you walking with God or not? Are you listening to his direction for your life? Actually, the word repent here means reform. But except you reform. See, he's talking about a lifestyle, not an act. Oh, that person must have committed murder is why they died. Oh, that person must have committed adultery is why that bad thing. No, it's beyond acts. It's, it's, it's what are you, how are you living every day? Are you just waking up every day and not even looking to the Lord, just doing everything you feel like doing? Because that's dangerous. How many think it would be a good idea every day of our life to get some direction from the Lord. And if you have a quickening on the inside and you have an unction on the inside that says go to work a little different route today, how many know it'd be wise to go a little different route than the normal route? Right. I'm not talking about a voice. I'm just talking about an inward witness, an inward knowing about, you know, I think I'll go this way today. How many think it'd be really smart to just follow that? Right. One lady one time, Brother Keith Moore was talking about this. She was 
mugged. She got mugged. She, she, she was headed off to work. She, she went to this certain part of town and she got mugged. I mean, just a terrible situation. I had to call the cops. And, and so she comes back to Keith Moore and says, you know, I don't understand it, man. I quote, I quote, I quote uh, protection scriptures all the time. I quote Psalm 91 all the time. And Keith didn't really know what to tell her. Well, you got mugged. I don't know. And then all of a sudden the Spirit of God said, ask her about the path she took or the, the way she went to work. And she told him, she said, well, I went through a rough part of town. You know, I, I mean, I didn't have to, but I just, I decided to go through this one part of town that I don't usually go through and I got mugged. How many know all, quoting all the protection scriptures you want, but at the same time, not doing what the Spirit of God is leading you to do will still lead you into trouble. Right. You can't just quote protection scriptures and then ignore the Spirit of God leading you to go a different way. He leads through the inward witness. Paul said, I perceive this voyage will be with hurt and much damage, not only of the lading of the ship, but also of our lives. Well, the weather was perfect. The captain of the boat said, let's sail. The weatherman said, it's good weather. But Paul had something in here that said, something about this voyage ain't going to work out right. Well, they believed the captain of the ship. They believed the weatherman. And they sailed off and hit the greatest storm of their lives. The winds of Eurocled, and I mean the boat was torn apart, and if it wasn't for Paul on that boat, they all would have died in the ocean. They threw all the tackling over the ship, but Paul knew before they sailed, I perceive this voyage will be... You and I have that same perception. We need to develop it. One of the, one of the most dangerous things that I have found in my short time on this planet when it comes to why accidents happen and why these things happen even to good people because a lot of people are just in too much of a hurry. They're not listening to God. They got to get here. I got to go there. Well, of course I got to go. We already bought the tickets. How many know if the Spirit of God says you might not want to go on that trip to where was it? Haiti or something? Or the big tsunami came. Where did the big tsunami hit? Was it Thailand? It was Thailand? We, we know a couple, a family that they were all excited about spending Christmas in Thailand. Yeah, in Indonesia. And they had their tickets. They've been looking forward to it for a long time. And Dad, who had been in the Word and learned some of the things we've been learning, he, he, he realized something inside was not quite right about this trip. And all the kids were excited. And Mama was excited. And they're all excited. But the dad said, I'm sorry, guys, but I just, I, I, I've learned too much about being led by the Spirit to ignore this. And they were a little disappointed. And if they would have went that day that they were going to be there is when the tsunami hit. And they weren't there. I bet if we interviewed a lot of the people who didn't go to work on 9-11, we'd hear similar testimonies. I don't know, just something inside said, be late today. Or call in and don't go. Because really, there were very few people there as, as compared to normal day right. in the Twin Towers that day. I mean, I've heard testimonies of people that they pulled over, and as a side, they, they slowed down at a green light for no reason, and all of a sudden, somebody runs the red light. They would have got creamed. I mean, who pulls over at a green light? Who slows down at a green light? It may not happen but once or twice in your life. Maybe never, but if you ever have an unction to slow down at a green light, I would encourage you to slow down. If you ever had an unction not to go on a trip... 
And he, the Lord won't lead through fear because I remember one time we got on a plane in Tulsa, Oklahoma to come back from winter, uh, Kenneth Hagin's Winter Bible Seminar. We were coming home and it was snowing in Tulsa. I mean snowing hard. We were in the airplane. It was coming down. It was white everywhere. Right behind us, somebody goes, yeah, I overheard the pilot. He said he can't believe it, that, the, that the airline's making them take off in this weather. The pilot's going, wow, I, don't, I can't believe we're... And the devil's going, get off the plane, get off the plane, get off the plane, get off the plane. And I'm turning to the car and says, is the Holy Ghost telling you anything? And she said, no. And I'm hearing this, get off the plane, get off the plane, get off the plane, it's going to crash, get off the plane. Thank God I heard enough to not make a fool of myself. I'd rather take off in a plane <laughs> that the Holy Ghost said, go ahead and go on, and it's snowing everywhere, than to take off, than to go in one blue sky. And he says, don't. But it was fear. See, fear was telling me that. Because the devil would like to make a fool out of you. So as you grow in the Lord, you realize, is that the Lord? Well, fear is never the Lord. How many know fear is never <laughs> the Lord's way to lead his people? But anyway, here he went on, and we got to close, but read, just read the next part here. He said, or in verse 4, what about those 18 people upon whom the tower of Siloam fell and killed every one of them? Do you think they were sinners above all men that dwell in Jerusalem? I tell you, no. But except you all reform, you shall all likewise perish. And so he was trying to tell these people here, listen, an act of sin, somebody sinning great or somebody sinning not so great, that's not why these things happen. People are on wrong roads. They're, they're conformed to the world's course. They're, they're going down paths they only want to go, never counseling with the Lord about. Isn't it so nice to know that if you listen to the Lord, He will lead you in a safe life? Yeah. And once in a while, you may do some things that look a little unorthodox, like, I don't think we'll come. There's been times the Lord told me, and I, don't, I can't put my finger on it exactly. I'm, I'm going to say, I believe the Lord told me, just don't leave the house yet. Wait another two minutes and just pray in the Spirit, because I was in a hurry, you know, i got to get going. And I saw, something just said, slow down. So I just slowed down and prayed for a couple minutes, and then I went to, left the house and went wherever I was going, and guess what? Nothing happened. What do you mean? How I many know nothing happening can be really, really good? Yeah. Right? No head-on collisions, right? Nobody ran a stop sign. No crazy guy with a gun. Sometimes nothing happening is a really, really good thing. So you think, well, that would, that would, you must not have heard from God praying two extra minutes. No, no, I'd rather nothing happen. <laughs> right? Stand up, church. I, that went long enough tonight. Uh, we'll talk some more about this as the Lord leads. I, I feel like there's something here we really need to get into more. But um, there is a reason God's not able to protect everyone. One of the reasons is, is because there's some things he can't stop in this world that are going to happen because of free will, but he can't keep you from it if you listen to his direction for your life.